Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny, and it is TKO. And this morning, I have on the air with me, if he unmutes himself, is the head of our Department of Transportation, Howard DeShield. And Howard, are you there? Yes, good morning, Karen. There he is. So Howard and I used to do radio at least every other year when I was back on many years ago. And he actually pointed out this morning, he gave me the date exactly. Our last show was, I don't know, in, um, in 2007. Ooh, long time ago. But um, used to be said by the supervisors, every time you hit a pothole, you'd think about your supervisor, or the community would be. So roads are a big issue in Mendocino County. Uh, I live on a dirt road. Uh, I maintain and help maintain and fix our ranch road. It's a private road. But I wanted to get Howard on so we could talk about the roads, the road situations, because we've been having uh, disasters on both ends. We had 2017, we had huge water that caused a lot of damages to our rural roads. Then we have fire that has happening and a lot of, a lot of um, I would say, different usage of the roads than I was back in 0807 when I brought him on. So, Howard, welcome to the air. Well, yes. Good morning, Karen. Good to good to be here. Great. I'm glad. So, I want to I want to start off with some basics, so we're all on the same page when we start asking questions and getting information. So, how many um how many roads how many miles of roads do you actually maintain or in charge of? We've got paved roads, and I know we got a lot of dirt roads. So, how many miles is that total? So um, the county maintained road system is 1,016 miles, uh, 672 of those miles are surfaced, and 344 miles are gravel. Uh, in addition to that, we have 157 bridges or major structures. And I say the 672 surface because we really don't have paved miles. We have a lot of chip seal miles and very few miles that actually have asphalt pavement. Ah, yeah. So which does it cost more to, to take care of, the, the surfaced or paved or the dirt roads? Or just, how's that work out? Do you know? Uh, you know, I never um, Actually looked, looked at it that, that Sorry way. About Typically, that. <laughs> the, the dirt roads are, are, uh, are probably less to maintain, I would say. But, you know, a, 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 a surfaced road that was recently surfaced and is in good shape sort of was given some life by an investment. And it can be rather inexpensive to maintain because you did that initial investment and now you're using that investment up as you drive on it. Well, and that's one of the things we always used to talk about every year that I'd have you on. We talked about deferred maintenance, deferred maintenance. And then at that last time, you know, we went in 08, we went into a deep recession and I bet I'm sure that hit your budget a lot. So um, the other thing I wanted to know is you have county yards. I know there's one in Anderson Valley in Boonville. I believe there's one in Guilala or Point Arena. How many county yards do we actually have? So here, here's how it breaks down. We have seven county road yards and um, we have three major road yards that each service 200 miles of our system each, Fort Bragg, Willits, and Ukiah. Then we have four minor road yards that each service approximately 100 miles each. That would be Point Arena, Boonville, Laytonville, and Covalo. Okay, and then how many employees does that take to, to, to man or person those places? Well, uh, I was gonna say right now we don't have full staffing 
we've had to keep our numbers reduced to meet the budget. Um, you know, we we had, and, and I looked at this real quickly. By the way, if anyone in the public wants to see these numbers, they were all part of this year's budget presentation my department gave to the board on June uh, 8th. So it's totally online at the board website. But basically right now, our road and equipment maintenance personnel, we have 48 people, um, you know, to actually staff that all the way up uh, would be more. I looked real quickly. At, we're actually down 19 positions since 2005. So really? Yeah. Is that budgeted so you could actually hire 19 more if you could find the help? Uh, no, it, I mean, the, there isn't sufficient budget at this point, so. Wow, and we're supposed to be kind of flush right now. I find that interesting. I mean, the whole there's been a lot of discussion about the budget and underfunding and systematic underfunding. It's been more around the sheriff's department, but next in line for the next in line for departments that people actually actually has an impact on people's life. Uh, I think the transportation department is really important. It always has been. I it's been one of my departments to try to support and make sure you got what you needed. Huh? Okay. So that gives us up to that. So what is your budget now? What's your, what's the number you put in on in June? So then that I, and I'll talk about thirty ten, which is the road budget. We have many budgets, and I know you want to talk about storm damage. I want to talk about bridges uh, and projects, uh, but 3010 is the main road budget. And the uh, revenue that we submitted this year, our projection is 14 million, actually 92,975. But you told me to talk in broad strokes. Yeah. So let's say 14 million. And of that though, um, 4 million, a little over 4 million is part of what we call the new uh, RMRA funding that came out of SB1 and Prop 69, and that goes into the corrective maintenance program. So general operation of the department is around 10 million, use broad strokes, that pays for the staff and also the match for projects because there's always a local share, um, but that is, that's our funding. And then the the four million of that goes to corrective maintenance. Okay, and so now that you brought that up, how do you get your funding? I know you get money from the county. Then there's right. some state money, right? By different, I know there's different propositions that we all have passed in the in the past to get you special money coming into our department. So, what are your revenue streams? So, the, I'll just go with the big ones. There are smaller ones, and everyone can read about that in the budget. It's totally published and listed there. But, of course, gas tax is the largest revenue stream. And, um, and then we have a fairly significant portion of the county property tax that goes to us. Um, the property tax portion has been running around three point. Four million. So if I've got a fourteen million dollar budget, that probably means I'm close to ten million, eleven million in gas tax. And uh, there'll be little minute differences there, but but that's the general income. Now I just want to add now because I know you want to talk about disaster. So I did get some numbers together for the last ten years of our grant projects. That's where we actually get over and above additional grant monies for various things. Again, painting with a broad brush, 
the last 10 years, we have contracted work. You know, that's where we hire the contractors, not the county staff, but contractors to do about $77 million in projects. So that's like 7.7 million a year. Uh, 31 million or 40% of that has been disaster damage repair, mostly storm damage, some fire. 25 million or 33% of those grant funds have been in the bridge program, replacement rehabilitation of about seven bridges in the last 10 years. And 21 million is that corrective preventative maintenance um, about 27%. And that has come through either the Board of Supervisors before SB1. Uh, they were giving the department an additional million or two a year for that corrective maintenance out of general fund, or the department simply takes some of our normal revenue and puts it towards that program. But as I said, ever since SB1 passed in 2016, we've been getting incrementally larger shares of this RMRA account. And so. just a quick update, because I don't remember exactly, and I'm sure my listeners might not. Uh, what was SB1? SB1 was the Beal bill, started out as SB16, and then became SB1, and was later put into California Constitution as Proposition 69. Your listeners can look all those up. But it was basically where we reworked the California gas tax, did an increase in the California gas tax, and formed these various uh, uh, Caltrans got a substantial amount of money, um, and but so did the local cities and counties. We got more money from that bill. Yeah, I remember it as the 69 on the proposition. That's what I remember it as. I actually yeah. talked to you about yeah. that before I did my um, proposition show. Thanks, for, and you were a great resource for that. Thank you. Well, well and I think I had you uh, uh, interview Supervisor Dan Jury, who uh, knows transportation well. Yeah. He's been on MCOG for years because I'm a I was actually, as a public paid official, not supposed to uh, electioneer, so that's why I didn't talk to you. It was but the politicians can talk to you all yeah. they want about stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I always use you for background information, no, yeah. for for anything else, because you do know it so much. And by the way, the thing I forgot to ask up front is, <laughs> since we were in, since I was interviewing back you in the early two thousands, how long have you been the department director? Since two thousand five, so I guess I'm a little over sixteen years. Yeah, you've been there a while. And did you follow Budge Campbell? Just off the no, there, there was, was somebody a between. period of about five or six years, and uh, about three yeah. different directors yeah, right. cycled through. So you've been around the block a few times, as they say. Yeah. So anyway, so we have had. I mean, we have had different types of uh, disaster damages or impact from the weather. In 2017, like I mentioned, uh, several bridges went out in the county. So you were able to get some FEMA money to repair those, I will assume. Have ha are there have most of those damage from 2017 been repaired? Has that been been able to addressed in the county in the different areas? We're 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 just about done with the 2017 storm damage. That was the year folks will remember that the Oroville Dam catastrophe happened. It was that storm. And we actually had some storm damage from 2016 we were working on you had asked me about washed out bridges we really only had one bridge that was first damaged in 2016 that was lambert lane in uh in boomville 
and it progressively got worse and some of those other storms and we put a temporary bridge over that we'd actually been working on replacing that bridge ever since 2016 and we hope it'll be ready to be replaced by 2022 or 2023 but it is safe to travel over because we have the uh the uh, temporary structure over the top of it so what about the north county was there extensive damage up there with washed out roads or anything from those rains yeah i i can't remember the exact numbers but we had uh you know millions of dollars of damage countywide the disasters start to run together because you had 2016 then 17 then of course the fire again in 17 then the fire in 18 and uh yeah they are i have to separate them out they are beginning to run together just let me take a minute to reintroduce i'm karen audubon this is tko this morning and uh, my guest is howard DeShield. he's the head of the department of transportation for mendocino county and we're talking about county roads all right so then the fire damage this is the other thing is i don't know that people think about it um that when you have a fire like in the community of potter valley and it goes across these roads the paved roads more than the dirt roads of course um it's got to impact that asphalt and those roads am i correct correct and and i it burned across the hill and redwood valley was the most significantly Ah. impacted so i We've got to say that that was really a Redwood Valley, Valley fire. Good fire. Um, you know, uh, obviously that 2017 fire event was probably the worst disaster this county's had. I don't handle the budget for what that cost uh, the community or the county in other departments. You know, it was it was a big number. You know, several tens of million, which I don't know. You have to interview someone else. I will say, though, for the roads, the fires have an impact on the roads, but it tends to be minor compared to winter storm damage. I believe the 1718 fires of that um, uh, 31 million I talked about in the last 10 years for disaster, I would say the fire portion was probably 3 million. Um, Yes, there were places where the burning impacted the pavement. FEMA did repair it, a pay to repair that, and and I did have a wood retaining wall at a culvert burn, and uh, disaster relief is paying for that. But in general, the thing that damages the roads is not so much the fire itself. It's the uh, emergency response traffic, or in the case of the aftermath of the 17 fire, it was the all winter long hauling of the debris away. Um, Roads actually hold up really well when it's dry. Um, When they get wet, when we get real wet, that's when, as you know, you maintain a road, (laughs) you know, when they're wet, they tend to really fall apart. So um, uh, I'm not saying the fire wasn't the worst disaster the county's ever had. I think it it was. I'm just saying for the road, it wasn't. It was uh, for the other things. Well, having been in the department as long as you have and seen all the roads and stuff um, and worked on the roads and tried to keep them up with limited staff, as you just are telling us, I can't believe you're down 19 positions since we last talked. That's pretty phenomenal. Um, In your overall estimate, uh, has the quality decreased? Has the quality remained the same? I know 
you know, everybody has a different opinion of how the the extent of the niceness of the road, let's say. I live on a ranch road. A lot of people would love to see it paved. That's not going to happen. Um, but we've also been able to upgrade the quality over the years by throwing a little money on it and a little bit more rock on it every year. How do you feel about the quality of our roads? Have they remained well in good shape or are they deteriorating what's your what's your perspective on that well you know and you you sort of prepared me for this conversation <laughs> and going back to 2007 when we spoke um the uh the local uh, regional transportation planning agency mcog had been doing a measurement of pavement condition index pci and it, it's a program they started and they do all four incorporated cities and the county with uh, planning grant money. And the measurement of our PCI in the county back when we spoke in 2007 was 45. And that's on a scale of zero to 100. The problem is anything under 50 is considered poor or failing. So, you know, our roads weren't good. Uh, we were in the bottom 10 in the county. We might have been second to the bottom back then. I kind of forget. Um, we also discussed, you asked about this deferred maintenance, and that number was calculated uh, by our own county's uh, PCI report to be $252 million back then. But part of where you get that number from is you, you pick a number that you want to get to. And I don't think we were trying to get to like 80 or 100, we were trying to get to 60. In other words, come from a 45 to a 60, that was 252 million. So what I want to tell your listeners about is there's a website out there called www.savecaliforniastreets.org, www.savecaliforniastreets.org. That was a consortium of, um, uh, of counties and cities regional transportation planning agencies that started about 2008 to do a comprehensive statewide PCI study and to publish numbers as far as deferred maintenance, but, but they standardized it. And they said what, what the goal is, is to get to a PCI of 80 or better, which gets you in what we call green. And if you go to that website, you'll see the whole state of California you will see Mendocino County as red, which means we're one of the worst counties in the state for pavement condition. And you'll see a few counties that are green. You'll see a whole lot of counties that are blue. And when you when you look at those numbers, our, our deferred maintenance actually grew. Um, I think in 2014, the report is updated every three years to 625 million. I know that was the number I was reporting to the Board of Supervisors back then. Right now, if you look at that report, and it's the 2018 report, the deferred maintenance is listed for Mendocino County roads at 526 million. So <laughs> we were PCI 45 when you and I talked. Right now our PCI is 46. Our deferred maintenance is higher, but that's because the statewide report is trying to get us to 80 and uh, we're never probably going to get there. We'll never get to 80. And I've told the board this, but what I'd like to do and what I've done is come up with a plan that over 20 years, 
our RMRA money will amount to about a hundred million. So I think if I spend a hundred million, I might get us above fifty. So uh, that's sort of my expectation. You know, I'm not proud of being sixth worst in the state for payment condition index, but uh, that's where I'm at now. While I'm still talking, the the new report, the 2021 report, is going to come out sometime this year, and it'll have a new PCI calculation. We'll see if I go up or down from 46. And, um, you know, I'll present that to the board probably late this fall with MCOG as we've done every three years. So that's sort of the story on on deferred maintenance and uh, PCI. So when you talk about this PCI rating, you're talking about paved services. So this doesn't address all of our dirt roads? Correct. So the dirt uh, roads are 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 not part of you know a measurement like that. Uh huh. And we have a lot of dirt roads, and a lot of people that listen to my show are on dirt roads. So how do we gauge whether those are worse or better by complaints or by, I mean, because like you said, uh, the dirt roads get impacted with the rain and the usage. And I will say. My dirt road is getting used a lot more in the rainy season by growers. Just flat out, folks. That's what it is. They're hauling in dirt. They're hauling in tractors. And that's when your roads get impacted. The worst is, uh, you know, get damaged. The worst is in the rainy season. So how do we how do we gauge where we're at with our dirt roads? Is there a way? Well, yeah. uh, you know, the, the road crews respond to the dirt roads as best they can. Uh, you're right, though. The dirt roads have, have un- undergone kind of an evolution of use. I would say traditionally they were kind of quiet, uh, large, uh, you know, uh, rangeland-type situations where you might have a cattle rancher or some kind of a resource extraction that went off on off of those dirt roads. Um, and, you know, they had sort of a limited use and I think you're right. I think that the um, I think that the cannabis grows uh, have been increasing the traffic on those roads over the years. But you know, unfortunately, the department basically is able to probably grade uh, about once a year really well, and then spot grade the rest of the year. And uh, that's about what we've always done. And we really don't have any resources to do much more than that. Yeah, I mean, it used to be people really, I used to be me every time, like they said, you hit a pothole, you think about your supervisor. I got to tell you, just a sideline, every time I see a hoop house now, I think about my supervisors. <laughs> just it, the, 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 the emphasis is shift. But the industry and the development on these rural roads, like you said, there wasn't a lot of usage back in the early uh, 2000s or even the mid-2000s. It seems like the rural usage of our dirt roads has really escalated, and it's just not in and out once or two, twice a week with cars. It's heavy equipment and stuff going in and out. So, um, yeah, that, uh, that the whole usage thing has changed. So one of the other things that um, had come up is um, we were they were talking about dust suppression. I know that you when you talk to the supervisors, usually on the dirt roads that you manage, you do dust suppression. Uh, I would imagine in June or 
that would be about the time I would think you'd do it. And this year you opted not to do that. Could you give us a little bit of a, you know, talk about why you did that this year? Sure. So, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the public is welcome to go look at my July 13th, 2021 board item on this matter. But basically, we had done a dust suppression program on about 19 of those 344 miles every year. And um, they were the miles that got heavy use, usually the the portion of a road that was a dirt road that was nearest a, a major artery, a highway. Um, almost all of this or this is almost is really all in the third district all taking service off of 101. And this year with the drought, um, you know, the board passed an emergency uh, resolution. Our ordinance says that we encourage people to reduce water usage by 20%. I typically am able to get local water sources that are very near those three segments that make up the 19 miles of road on three different segments of three roads. And uh, those folks just didn't have water for me this year. And while I could have hauled the water 10 times as far, I, I found that to be costly. And also, you know, it's a way for us to do our part to save some money. And you've got to remember, out of 344 miles of graveled roads, only 19 were getting dust off. It's an optional program. Obviously, the great preponderance, 95% of the roads don't get dust off. So, uh, yeah, that's what we did this year to save water and save budget. Wow, that's fascinating because of the the major, with all the hoopla that was going around about not having the dusting probi- this the dusting program this year, I had I had anticipated it to be a lot of miles. Nineteen miles seems really small for that. Um, good, good. Thank you for clarifying that. I mean, this is these are the kinds of things that these um, these statements get put out into the universe and they get blown up and nobody understands the reality of it's it's only nineteen miles. Let alone the I would have to say because I've been asked about the environmental impact of our roads and how we can start looking environmentally. Uh, trucking water or trucking material materials a greater distance does not help the environment either as i will say you're polluting a lot more a lot of your carbon footprint and all of that so um folks you're listening to tko i'm karen Audubonny. my guest is howard DeShield. he's the uh, director of or department head of the county department of transportation i am going to take some calls shortly after we get all this information out but i am going to ask i know this is a hot topic next to cannabis i think roads are like the hottest topic in the county so get your questions think what you want to ask the comments but um yeah just you know let's let's keep it calm let's keep it good questions howard's got a lot of information he's so informative but i want to make sure that we give him the chance to answer the questions and you have good solid questions so be be thinking about that now would you when i open up the lines so howard it 
you you went to the you know I mean a lot of the department heads. I'm going to talk about the PG&E money now. This is the 21.6 million that's sitting in our accounts. Thank you very much. Uh, waiting to be dispersed to who needs the extra boost in their budgets. I know you made a really good request for um, money to the supervisors for that PG&E money. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a chance to to, to hear what you presented and what you were looking at from getting getting some of this money and what you'd hope to do with it sure so um you know obviously we we threw out a lot of ideas uh early on as the program came up uh the board was trying to entertain uh projects that used one-time money that were high value and uh you know helped with efficiency so we had some criteria to follow but um Basically, my department asked for three things that are still on the table. We asked for a couple other smaller things that got funded in the budget, so I won't go into those because they're off the table now. But the the main one was um, we looked at our um, local share for all those projects. Like I said, last 10 years, $77 million in um, in uh, grant projects, and 40% of that was disaster which all had a match with it that we weren't anticipating. So we we sort of used up the money we keep in um, in our funds to to provide those matches, and we asked the board to fund um, you know fiscal year 21, 22 through 25, 26 what we would need for match, and that was uh, approximately 1.9 million. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of that was um, uh, the disaster match we had to put up front. So we thought that was a good request. Uh, we also are on the last three years of our California Air Resources Board program where all of our equipment has to be compliant with CARB, uh, the California Air uh, uh, Resource Board requirement for equipment emissions. And we have about $1.5 million left in that whole program. And of course we can defer that and that's how we're getting through this budget year because we're, we're crunched this year. Um, but we have to, we have to eventually uh, implement that program. And obviously that's equipment that'll go on for many years once it's up to date. So 1.5 there. And then the other, the other uh, request that's still on the table was um, for Eastside Potter Valley Road. We have a project that the department's been working on since the year 2000. And we finally went out to bid on the first mile of four miles. And while the board was authorizing um, that project for a bid and award back in April, they had also discussed the same day PG&E settlement money and, uh, you know, they asked me how much more I would need to do a little bit more on that project. And, uh, you know, I told them I didn't know, but I'd come back to them once I opened bids. So I have two bid additives on the East Side Part of a Road project. One is to put curb returns and some sidewalks right at sort of the main intersection of Potter Valley where Eel River Road meets Main Street. And it's also the intersection for the Cal. Uh, the Potter Valley Community uh, uh, Center, uh, the rodeo grounds uh, there. So it's kind of the hub of that little town. 
And so that's about half a million I need for that additive to do that additional uh, sidewalk and uh, crosswalk work. And then also the first mile, the phase one of Potter Valley is going to create dirt because we're excavating uh, and realigning the road. And we need dirt at another part, earthwork at another part of the project. So another half a million to use that earth so we don't have to pay for it later when we do that phase. So uh, those are my three requests on the table so far. Uh, equipment, carb requirement, replenishing my local share batch on all our projects, and uh, maybe some additive extras for these our private road projects. So when when exactly do we you have to address all that equipment and getting it up to the carb specs? What year is it, that it, happening? Or is it it's now? It's been three years, I believe. You know, so I, if I don't get this money, I'll have to carve that out of the ten million we're talking about in thirty ten. You know, I guess I'll have to not do something else so I can do that. So yeah. And I'm not even going to ask how many pieces of equipment in that county that must address or be in. Well, I, mean, I, I can tell you that right now we have 221 just equipment pieces, but that includes trailers and non-motorized. Right. But, um, you know, that money really is for our big trucks and equipment. Um, you know, but our total is 221. I don't have exact numbers. Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, it's got to be a lot. It's got to be a lot. Yeah. I, know, I know that's, and I will say this whole carb thing with getting the diesels on, in line with the new carb, carb emissions um, has really been hitting a lot of the truckers, the logger trucks and all that kind of stuff, been hitting a lot of people with that to upgrade. It's a costly amount. Um, okay, so that gives us a lot of information about that. So why, um, how many, what I keep getting back to is that you're down 19 employees. And I, I mean, what, you say you have 48 employees, you have 19 less than you did when we last talked. I mean, how many employees do you really need to be able to keep on top of the work that's required for, I mean, our dirt, all of our roads? Well, you know, I like mean, I said, we, 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 we have a total of 66 positions, but that includes administrative business services right, right. and support, engineering eight. So the people on the road is the 48. Yeah, I would definitely like to see us get back 19 positions there. We could do more, but I'm also realistic enough to realize that, um, and you and I had this discussion, you know, there there is a... Um, Funding has gone up, like I just said, $8 million back in 2005 to about $10 million now for just general operation. But the costs have gone up faster. You know, the cost of rock, the cost of anything with oil in it. I mean, we all know what oil has done, uh, you know, up and down through the years. And, um, you know, I've got to reduce the staff because I've got to have part of that money to go towards buying rock and oil and chips and, you know, stuff to patch the roads. So um, um, it's hard, but we make do with less. Often, I mentioned those smaller road yards, you know, Laytonville, mm -hmm. Cobolo, uh, Point Arena, and Boonville. Often, those crews um, simply combine with each other to do larger projects. And... Um, 
I mean, we're at we're at one road worker for 25 miles, and I'm not picking on Caltrans, but if you and I know they have a lot more important system, but I think Caltrans has a road worker for every five miles. So it's just the nature of being the county. And you know, Karen, you said you maintain a road. How many miles do you do, just Karen? You know, that's just how it is. You know. Yeah. No. I mean, I I monitor the back ranch, which is probably five, maybe, and there's a seven getting to me, and I help out there when it, you know washes out because i've got the equipment to go back and rebuild the road so yeah i know everything's gotten expensive everything has gotten expensive i just like it and i'm going to put it out howard doesn't say this but i'm going to say this it's always appeared to me that the county has slightly if not you know majorly underfunded the transportation department i know we you can go out and get state money and federal money when there's disasters and there's special projects and stuff of that but um and I, they've always, it's always seemed to me it's been underfunded um, because it's a key thing within our county. And now that development has happened on these rural ranch ro- or rural roads that you're in charge of taking care of, the impact on your need to, you know, maintain and upgrade and keep them viable has, has t- you got a lot of pressure there for that. Um, and for some reason, I just don't, Compared to 2008, I don't think the county is financially as in dire straits as it was back then. So, I mean, I would put it out to people to talk to your supervisors and get these, you know, get them addressing some of these underfunded departments, um, especially ones that are vital to us. I mean, our road systems are vital to us, period. You know, I know when when locally, I can only talk locally, but I know when um, the uh, Peachland Road went out, it still hasn't been fixed totally. And then you have inappropriate use on these kind of things. A semi just got stuck on there a few weeks ago. Howard, can you believe that? They actually tried to take a semi up Peachland Road. And it's like one lane. So, yeah, I mean, talk to your supervisors. That's They're the ones who fund these departments. And uh, you can't, Howard can't hire people if he hasn't got the money. And if you don't have the money you, and the people, you can't do the road work. So I am going to open up the air, uh, the phone lines, 895-2448. I'm sure Howard knows about a lot of the concerns you have. Maybe you have some interesting questions to ask him, but this is your chance to talk to the head of the Department of Transportation and um, let him know maybe, maybe there's some things he doesn't know about, but he's been around so long, I probably, he probably knows every inch of these road systems in our county. Um, And I thank you for all the work you have done because you are in a different difficult position i mean if you had an unlimited budget or even just a reasonable budget i think you could be doing a lot more and getting rid of some of this deferred maintenance because i've always said and i'll say it now deferred maintenance folks is going to come back and bite us in the ass period you just can't defer things for too long because then it's going to cost you three times if not many more times than it would cost if you'd done it the first time and done it right well howard it looks like we have people calling in so we're going to take some phone calls how's that you ready you bet okay here we go let's see who we can get on the air good morning you're on the air with us you have a question i do i don't know if you could answer it but i have a driveway it's about a mile long outside of point arena and Google Maps says it's a it's a road. They say it's Hayes Ranch Road, and it goes to Eureka Hill Road, but it does not. And I have people driving down my driveway constantly. How do I get a hold of? How do I change that? 
Dude, I got the same. I got the same thing. It says it goes through the middle of my ranch road, right past my bedroom window. You don't know how many times I've had to jump out and stop people. Um, good question. Exactly. Thanks so much. That's a very good question, Howard. You know how that happens? You know what? what? Um, I most of that comes from Google Maps. Yeah. And um, we have had this situation where Google sends trucks down dead end roads. <sighs> Um, and, and, uh, it's a real problem. Another thing, you know, I'm fourth generation Mendocino County, the Creek next to the house I live in, my great grandfather built has no name, but Google took a Creek on the other side of the Valley, named it that. And now my Creek has a name. I mean, it's crazy what Google does. They, um, they, uh, and, and I have no way to interface with them to change anything. So yeah, I put my call on Google, I guess. Yeah, I put my young nephew on it who's savvy for those kind of things. I said, get me off of this. This is getting scary because, you know, some of these places, like I said, the semi going up Peachland, that was probably a Google thing. Um, you know, people shouldn't be running around roads they don't know in this county. You could you could get run off the road or you could get shot. So anyway, all right, 895-2448 if you have a question this morning and we're talking with Howard Deschold, the head of Department of Transportation. Yeah, the whole mapping of the county has been, it's we're rural. I mean, I believe that Mendocino County was one of the last areas to actually make it onto Google Map, which I always was very proud of, but it does seem to make some problems. All right, let's see if we can get another caller on the air this morning. Caller, you're on the air with us. Hooray, hoorah. Uh, I've been writing notes about soil integrity regarding asphalt citizens alternative to asphalt and pavement for a beautiful livable environment and thinking cobblestone instead of having asphalt you know uh, because of the salmon anything asphalt touches dies as far as the the soil and the ground i'm going to turn my radio off i mean turn it down and yeah, we can't. I've been writing notes, and because I, I want to, I, this is. I'm so concerned about the salmon, the oil-based uh, asphalt. There's, I, there was a book that a house that I lived in that had a recipe so, book for pavement. Do you have a question, or, or just that you're yeah, concerned about? What do we about? do about alternatives to asphalt and salmon, and the steepness of the slope? Um, my husband graduated from Berkeley in Conservation of Natural Resources, well, and we also wrote this paper on this is forest land. The okay, well let's get that. Let's get that question. Let's get that question. Miles long, thirty miles. Let's get long. that question to Howard this morning. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing because I actually had an encounter with somebody on the coast that said I told him I was having you on, and they said, "Well, ask him how he's inve- how the county department is addressing." Um, environmental concerns and i went well can you get me more specific what how you're talking about it so runoff from asphalt is another one and how have you been considering you know maybe modifying your techniques for environmental concerns sure so let me just say that the idea of the cobblestone as he called it or or their concrete pavers is technology that's out there it's expensive oh yeah works really well but you can find um jurisdictions that put down rock and these concrete pavers they kind of interlock and they perform really well um but uh you know right now you're talking to a guy who tries to spread the the funding i've got out of trying to keep 
a system that is, you know, got a really low score, somewhat functional. So I, I usually go for cost over, um, you know, the durability of cobblestone. But yes, there are, they're called concrete pavers. Okay. Then in general, let me just say about water quality, and this was really done, uh, this effort started before I became the director, but the county participated in a consortium of five counties um, for a stream habitat protection. Uh, they developed a manual for road maintenance. It's known as the Five Counties Salmon Conservation Program. You can find the five counties on the web, their website still. You can find this maintenance manual on the website. But Mendocino County participated in that. And we do have our crews follow the um, recommendations and the uh, best practices. And, uh, you know, we do what we can. But, yeah, I, I, we're still using asphalt, though. And asphalt is still permissible under those rules and did i hear that you've got them i don't know if it's your machine or you contracted it out um and again it's fifth district folks because that's where i live that's what i hear about um i heard you just did a knock-up job on flynn creek with some kind of machine that reused the asphalt is that correct was that you yes so that is a system you know we have we're trying to put together a, a toolbox of a lot of different treatments um, and that is actually what we call a cold in place, full depth reclamation recycle. And uh, that's where we grind up the top three or four inches of old chip seal and, and base rock. And we treat that depending on the, what the testing shows with some emulsion and or cement. Um, a lot of cement treatment goes into that. And then we chip seal over the top of it. Um, we're, we uh, There's actually another system, that Potter Valley Road project I spoke about. We're going to do something called foamed asphalt there, which is a grind up and a foam with hot oil. So, yes, there's, there's different recycle in place systems that we've been trying. They don't work everywhere. You know, we can't do them everywhere, but, uh, but that's what we did on Flint Creek. Wow. Great. And we own the equipment to do that? You didn't have to contract? No, no, no. That's all. That's specialty equipment. We contract. You contract that. that out. Okay. Yeah. That's part of, remember, I told you uh, back when we were going over my little soliloquy of, of the 30 or uh, the 27% um, in corrective and preventive maintenance. Yes. Uh, you know, the 21 million over the last 10 years, that is all the contract work we've done for various things. And that is all part of that RMRA additional SB1 funding or the additional money the board gave us before SB1 for corrective maintenance. Great. Okay, well, we've got the phones ringing, so we're going to get some more callers on here. All right. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Your question. Uh, not really necessarily a question. Um, this, is, this is your uncomfortable reality check person. Uh, yeah, when well, this county had the second worst roads in the state, we forked over a 10% kickback, 30-plus million dollars, to CalScan to start the Willits Bypass. I took in that $35 million way back when. really could have been better spent on potholes and fixing the roads instead of uh, giving some money to some out-of-area construction companies. So this county really has to start thinking about 
decision-making and priorities and where the money can best be spent. I realize Howard probably wasn't involved in all that, but that's the truthful money-figured reality. We gave $30-plus million to you're breaking up, Bob. Good point. Thank you. You're breaking up, dude. That was Bob. I love Bob. He's such a good guy. All right, Howard. That's true. That was a Caltrans thing. That wasn't you. But I agree with Bob. The county needs to be looking at what our roads look like. All right. We're going to get another caller on here real quick. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Hi. Um, I have a question, but wanted to make a couple points first. Um. I live on Peachland, and uh, the truck that got stuck was actually thinking that the road was Nashville, so it was a pretty innocent mistake. <laughs> okay, good um, to know. But also unfortunate. Uh, and, you know, the Peachland has had quite a bit of work over the past couple of years, and I just want to give props to whatever company was hired to do that, because they did a great job, um, you know, reinforcing the road where it was needed, and then a local fellow WT maintains it and does a good job. You just get a ton of masticating along the edges, which has helped visibility. So I just want to like acknowledge the good work that has been done on that road. And in terms of um, Google Maps, uh, there is actually a phenomenon caused death by Google. People have died by being <clears throat> sent down the wrong roads um, in the desert down in, like, New Mexico and Arizona. So it is a big concern. So related to that, what is the county um, policy for creating your own signage? Because I think that's kind of the solution there is to get really good signage to inform people where they need to turn around. (coughs) Pardon me. Good question. Um, Let me jump in here, Howard. I don't think that's your department. I think that's actually planning and building, isn't it, for naming roads? Uh, Well, so naming roads goes through planning and building. Or signage. uh, You know, but, and, and you know, that people can apply. There's a petition system. It's all spelled out. Uh, But her thing on signage now, um, we we do signs on the public road system, the 1,000. 60 miles. But if it's a private road, as long as you um, put the sign on your private road, you know, you can sign your private road with uh, information however you want to. If you want to put a sign in the public road, all we ask that you do is uh, you need to get a permit from us and we want you to follow the manual for uniform traffic control devices. We like to have all the signs in the public road be consistent with that manual uh, because it makes things clear to traffic. It's a color coding system, you know, um, uh, but but you can put signage for your private road or driveway in the public right away if you follow our permit requirements. Oh, good to know. Okay. I do know that there's been a lot of updating of naming roads, getting signs up. A lot has to do with fire access for the fire departments. They've been really pushing that for fire prevention and for fire, for showing up to help you get out of a situation when you get a fire. All right. We're going to get another caller here real quick. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Please turn down your radio. It's down. Thank you very much. Hi. Hi. Hi, Karen. Uh, so I have a question for Howard. Uh, so a couple of years ago, Howard made a presentation at the Elk Town meeting, 
And I won't call it a promise, but it was a projection, I guess, that he would be able to get to doing some work on Greenwood Road and Cameron Road, too, I think, uh, in 2023. <laughs> so I wanted to get uh, some sense of how those numbers look now. Uh, the bottom of Cameron Road is just literally dangerous. So, uh, yeah, that's my question. I'll get off the air here. Thank okay, you, that's Jamie Roberts, one of my favorite programmers. All right, what's up with Greenwood? So, so Philo Greenwood, this is that plan I referred to for RMRA, the 20-year, $100 million plan. Yeah. And it is programmed for uh, 23, 24, and um, that's uh, still in the plan. Okay, so we're still out of ways on that. Yeah. Even so, what happens? So I've I've actually heard that it is deteriorating faster than I think because once a road starts to deteriorate, usage just ups that game more. It deteriorates faster. Is there any way that you could would be able to address it, or may have to address it if it's deteriorated so far where it's dangerous before this projection date? Is that something you do? Well, you know, the cruise, like I say, that particular section of road is. Uh-huh part of the 100 miles that Boonville does. And they've only got so much money and so much resource. And they triage our roads. I mean, I hate to admit that. But obviously, you know, where the problem is the worst and the heaviest traveled road, they will try to get there and do the patches. And that's the whole idea of corrective maintenance is we're hoping to use the additional money we got from SB1 to do good fixes like we did on Clint Creek Road that'll hold a while. But the problem is, Karen, that the whole, you know, system, the whole 644 surface miles need help at the same time. So my plan, by the way, only covers half of that. The plan is for 357 miles. So I don't even have enough money to do all the surface miles under the 20-year plan. And, um, you know, we're just going to chip away as that money comes in and as the as the system gets better the crews will have more resources to do routine maintenance because as the main roads get fixed over the 20 years they won't be out there constantly patching those and then they'll have more time to spend on some of the other roads I, it's not much of an offer of help like i said we're in the bottom 10 of the state um you know we're just in a bad spot yeah, um, we're coming up at the top of the hour. I want to give Howard to talk just a chance. We're gonna, I'm not going to take any more calls because we're coming up at the top of the hour and I want to do a debriefing kind of thing. So I know a lot of the questions have been focused on the 5th District and the southern area of the county. What What are some of the issues you're dealing up in the 3rd District, up in Laytonville area and Willits area, above Willits area? Are there major issues up there that are happening that you'd like to get information out about? You know, the issues are the same all over the county. Uh, When we have a wet year by uh, late winter, spring, my number one complaint phone call is potholes. And my other countywide second complaint call is speeders. And um, it it really is the same. There's really nothing different anywhere in the county. Those are the... Uh, you know, the potholes and conditions of the road are my number one complaint. So there weren't any major washouts uh, that you have to deal with up in the North County? Any, it, it, it would be much? the same as what um, we were doing. I, 
the other caller mentioned Peachland Road. That was 2017, and then 2019 storm damage. We're still working on finishing up one more project on Peachland. But I have those same kinds of slipouts. The whole county is in a Franciscan yeah, geological right, formation. Right. It's old ocean deposits. It's going it to slip. It slips it every year. Well, Howard DeShield, thank you so much for coming on the air and getting us up to speed. I hope to have you back on the air. And I want to just put out the word. If you want your roads better, folks, you got to get more funding to this department. How's that, Howard? Listen, ha- right. have a great day. And thanks so much for sharing all your immense knowledge with us today. Thanks a lot, Howard. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Woolitz and Ukiah, 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.